Welcome to Parents' Rights Now, a production of Parents' Rights in Education, hosted by Suzanne Gallagher. We are committed to valuing students, empowering parents, and supporting communities to secure great educations for public school children in America. PRE welcomes all students, families, and community members who care about scholastic success for K-12 public school students. Visit our website, parentsrightsined.org, and like us on Facebook. Our chapters include Alaska, Arizona, Colorado, Idaho, Illinois, Maine, Montana, New York, Ohio, Oregon, Texas, Virginia, Washington State, Wisconsin, and something new, Australia. Join us by filling out the form on our website titled, Join Us. You will find information regarding issues and information about local and state chapters. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today is Thursday, June 1st, and uh, I'd like to touch on some things related to education, uh, something that isn't pertaining to uh, sexual identity or uh, critical race theory, nothing, you know, really um, alarming like that, but something that pertains to, guess what, academics, academics, boy, there's (laughs) there's something unique, right? Okay. So this is taking place in Illinois. So this first article came out recently, actually on May 30th, and it's about Lori Fiorenza, who is the Director of Student Learning at Oak Park and River Forest High School. That is in Oak Park, Illinois. And the article was written by LGIS News Service and dated May 30th. Oak Park and River Forest High School administrators will require teachers next school year to adjust their classroom grading scales to account for, guess what, skin color or ethnicity of its students. School board members discussed the plan called Transformative Education Professional Development and Grading, unquote. And this was at a meeting on May 26, presented by Assistant Superintendent for Student Learning, Lori Fiorenza. In an effort to equalize test scores among racial groups, OPRF will order its teachers to exclude from their grading assessments variables, it says, disproportionately hurt the grades of black students. They can no longer be docked for missing class, misbehaving in school, or failing to turn in their assignments according to the plan. Traditional grading practices perpetuate inequities and intensify the opportunity gap, says a slide in the PowerPoint deck outlining its rationale and goals. It calls for what OPRF leaders describe as competency-based grading, eliminating zeros from the gradebook, and encouraging and rewarding growth over time. Teachers are being instructed how to measure student growth while keeping the school leader's political ideology in mind. Teachers and administrators at OPRFHS 
will continue the process necessary to make grading improvements that reflect our core beliefs. The plan states, promising to consistently integrate equitable assessment and grading practices into all academic and elective courses by fall 2023. Now, according to the Illinois State Board of Education, 38% of OPRF sophomore students taking the SAT test failed. The OPRF failure rate was 77% for black students, 49% for Hispanics, 27% for Asians, and 25% for whites. Now, they believe that that signal in reinforced districts DEIJ, diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Advocates for so called equity based grading practices, which seek to raise the grade point averages for black students and lower scores for high achieving Asian, white, and Hispanic ones, say new grading criteria are necessary to further school districts' mission of DEIJ, or Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Justice. By training teachers to remove the non-academic factors from their grading practices and recognize when personal biases manifest districts can proactively signal a clear commitment toward DEIJ, said Margaret Sullivan, Associate Director at the Education Advisory Board which sells consulting services to colleges and universities. So Sullivan goes on and she calls grading based on traditional classroom testing and homework performance, quote, outdated practices, unquote, and foster, quote, unconscious biases. Teachers may unintentionally let non-academic factors like student behavior or whether a student showed up to virtual class interfere with their final evaluation of students, she said. Traditional student grades include non-academic criteria that do not reflect student learning gains, including participation and on-time homework submission. Are you as incredulous about this as I am? Oh, good grief. Our schools need to be academic, guys. And lowering standards like this is not good for anybody, no matter what the color of their skin is. This is life. We are not preparing our kids to take on the world. The article goes on. School districts across the U.S. are experimenting with getting rid of zero to 100 point scales and other strategies to keep missed assignments from dramatically bringing down overall grades according to a March Associated Press report. Others are allowing students to retake tests and turn work in late. Also coming under scrutiny are extra credit assignments that can favor students with more advantages. Seriously? The report interviewed science teacher Brad Bedell of Santa Clara, California who said he has stopped giving zeros and deducting points for late work, as well as allowing students unlimited retakes for quizzes and tests. Fiorenza called for a switch to race-based grading last August after issuing a report chronicling a spike in F grades 
by OPRF students in the 2021 school year. OPRF's administration will adopt language that makes and keeps the system visible and continues to name racism as a complex, interconnected structure, she wrote. We must recognize the unique challenges faced during the pandemic intensify the need for a systemic approach to confronting the racial and socioeconomic discrepancies often experienced by our underrepresented student population. Last year, West Cook News reported on an adjusted grade point average scale implemented by OPRF teacher Fiona Hill. It lowered the score for an F to 19%. Imagine yourself being a teacher having to deal with this kind of grading system, basically lowering standards allowing students to never turn in their assignments, never do homework. They're not prepared for class. Well, it affects the teachers. They get discouraged. They realize that they're actually not able to challenge their students, that there is no accountability for finishing assignments, turning assignments in, and achieving a higher level of understanding of the subject that they're trying to teach. Our next article has to do with a teacher who resigned from the local school in Lyons Township. It's called Lyons Township High School, which is ranked 44th within Illinois. And students have the opportunity to take advanced placement coursework and exams. So a lot of high schools now do offer or have been offering advanced placement courses for students who want to uh, be challenged. The AP participation rate at Lyons Township High School is 56% in advanced placement. The total minority enrollment is 31%. And Lyons Township High School is the only high school in Lyons Township High School District. This article is about a teacher, and it's actually written by him, who uh, just couldn't take it anymore and uh, resigned from his English teaching positions. Effective June 2nd, 2022, I, Tom Stuckel, resign from my English teaching position of 17 years at Lyons Township High School because I cannot, in good moral standing, teach students well, based on current administrative policies. I care too much about education and too much about students to abide by these policies. Based on my 24 years of experience as a high school teacher, it is my opinion that it is immoral to teach the way Lyons Township teachers are being asked to work. Our school has changed the following in recent years. Homework not scored. Homework formatives are no longer scored as any part of the student's grade. Because of this, an average of 50% of my sophomores this year consistently did not do their homework, and 80% of my seniors consistently did not do their homework. These students know they will not be marked down, so they don't think it is important enough to do. Even though doing this work in class and at home is an essential part of the learning process. 
it has had an awful impact on them. We are essentially encouraging the students not to work. The administration believes that formatives should not be counted because the students are learning and have not mastered the skills yet. I agree, in theory, but not in practice. The administration is ignorant of the day-to-day happenings in the classrooms. Most students will not do the work unless they get credit for it. It's a flawed system based on theory instead of facts and data. And it is hurting the students, creating apathy and idle minds. Item number two, no due date. The administration forces teachers to not have a set due date on summative assignments, major assignments, essays. For example, if I assign a summative essay to be turned in on February 1st, the students know that they can turn it in on February 1st or any time two weeks after that, and I can't consider it late when it comes to grading. In my opinion, this is teaching them laziness, apathy, and disrespect. Many, about 70% of my seniors turn in their summative assignments late. There are a number of students that wait until the last evening, February 15th, two weeks late, to turn in their work. This practice reinforces a lack of discipline and focus, putting off assignments until the last minute, and mediocrity. Many of these assignments turned in late are not well written. Also, since it is an extension of two weeks, we have moved on to new material and skills. Students are not only constantly behind, but they are trying to remember what they need to do on an assignment that was taught to them two weeks prior. Number three, revisions. And then once I grade their summative assignment and turn it back to them, they have two more weeks to decide to revise it for a better grade, even though In my class, I go over the writing process with every major summative assignment and give feedback on all of their drafts multiple times before they turn it in for a grade. This last semester, the administration changed the policy to where students had to turn in the majority of their formative assignments in order to get the chance to revise. Only the majority? The problem with that is that many students did not do their homework and did not learn the skills to do well on the summative assignment. Even with this new change, students who revise could be working on a revision that is two months old. This creates more anxiety, which runs counter to the reason the policy was changed. Also, this is not making students college ready. Most college students will not get this similar opportunity. Number four, failures. Sadly enough, these are becoming less and less. I believe for the wrong reasons, instead of teaching discipline and encouraging consequences for actions to teach students that they need to take their education seriously, the policies at LT are reinforcing D standards. Dejectedly, 30% of my seniors this year received a D. In the last three or four years, the administration has made it their duty to limit failures. However, they are not taking on the main complex issues of why many students fail or just falter to the easy way out. One initiative is getting rid of standards-based grading for equal interval 
grading. In theory, equal interval says that all letter grades should be equal. Sounds great. But in practice, that means giving a student credit for not doing anything. If a student does not turn in an essay, he or she receives a 50% credit. (laughs) What? Oh my gosh, this is crazy. How does the administration see this as morally just? Giving students credit for doing nothing? Another way is when students fail a course putting them in online classes where they can make up semester credit. They take this online course at their own pace in a class called Academy. There were over 100 students in the class this year. I talked to one counselor that knew one of her students had finished the program in just a few weeks. An 18-week course reduced to three weeks? And he or she gets the same grade and credit as any student sitting in a class for 18 weeks. What do you think that student learned in that limited time? Another way this academy class was used was with a senior in my class this semester. He was failing because he didn't do any of the work, so he wanted out of my class in a different one to start over. The administration wouldn't do that, but they put him in this online class so he could get enough credits to graduate. More than halfway through the semester, well, what will happen to more students when they know this exists? It is so immoral. Because of all these changes and so many more, cell phones in classrooms, a huge distraction from education. Over the last four years, oh, the pandemic is not the only reason. I cannot in good moral conscience teach at LT any longer. And I know that many other teachers, parents, and students feel the same way about how bad it has become. I tried to fight for what I thought was right. My fight got me a notice of remedy or on probation from the administration. I have spoken out against these policies to parents and administration over the years. Two things happen. One, I was denounced and negatively scolded, told that it's my fault for not fixing anything that was a problem in my class. These policies directly changed my classroom and its environment, but I was held responsible for failed policy. I am trying to uphold quality instruction and a growth mindset development with effort and hard work as a focus to learning. And number two, without first addressing me, administration was compiling notes on anonymous accusations that could not be proven as fact. And I was told that if I did not follow their new policies, they would fire me. I argued my case in front of the Board of Education last year, but the board defended the administration. Parents, I write this to you not the administration. I care about your students. I care that they get the quality education that they deserve and you expect. Parents, be aware and be proactive to what is happening at your school and your students' classrooms. Quality change will not come from the administration, the board, or even the teachers. The teachers here at LT are wonderful, caring people, but they don't have a strong enough communal voice to fight against lame policy. Parents, it is up to you to make the change you want for your student. Parents, demand that the policies that are harming your children's education change. And this 
is Parents' Rights Now. Please check your show notes for links pertinent to this podcast. Oh, and one last thing. It would be so, so great if you could help us out financially as well. You know, we have ongoing expenses every month and we're growing, growing like crazy. And uh, we do give assistance to all of our chapters. They can uh, ask people in their various states to contribute. So you might want to consider that if there is a chapter in your state, uh, you can indicate that you prefer for the money to go directly to the state. And Pre keeps 20% of that and 80% goes to the chapters to help them with their expenses for printing, etc. A lot of them are putting on events and we encourage them to do that. And so this helps them to grow and to take action. And um, anyway, just go to the donate page on our website, parentsrightsined.org. Thanks much.